So I do think it's kind of ironic that we're going to be talking about a group of people that most people would consider to be mad or imbalanced on the same day that in the middle of a pandemic, all the pubs are being reopened and people are getting smashed. And it's Independence Day. So, you know, freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Oi. Yeah. But Hamilton came out. Eddie, I saw a lady yesterday in Sainsbury's feeding her child with her hands in the middle of a fucking public supermarket during a pandemic. Well, I mean, it's not ideal. (laughs) Well, no. I mean, you are going to hear a load of crazy things about the following group of people, but there is one quote that I find almost quite apt currently. We do, in all honesty, hate this world. That's from the leader, Marshall Applewhite himself. I mean... Not Marshall Mathers. Because I feel that way. Na 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 leader, leader. Na 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 na. Batman. I mean leader. Let's hit the music. Good evening, boils and ghouls, and all foolish mortals, and welcome to another episode of All Things Dark and Distasteful. You clearly haven't learned your lesson from the previous time to stay away from such depravity and terror, and I also have not learned my lesson to always ensure that I press the record button on an episode. (laughs) Clearly the forces of evil are against me and do not wish to be further exposed, but we shall fight through the darkness to bring you the truth. You poor unfortunate souls, you seem lost, directionless, maybe seeking a deeper meaning in life. Well, don't worry, because here we have all the answers. Join us. Join us. Join Join us. us. Join Join us. us. Join us. But as I was saying, join us as we explore the sinister tale of Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles, a.k.a. the founders of the Heaven's Gate cult. Just before we begin, just a very quick shout out once again to Turbosol providing us with Abyss, the theme tune for all things dark and distasteful. You can find all his stuff at Turbosol and looking up all his things on SoundCloud as well. And he does give a lot of his stuff away for free. You just need to email him and ask him very, very nicely. So before we begin, a dismonic disclaimer once again. None of us are experts on this. And despite the many ridiculous things that we are about to look at, we are not trying to make light of what is really a terrifying example of human manipulation that led to a horrific ending. Cults have always been an intensely, darkly fascinating area, and all things dark and distasteful. We're here to just try and get some context and try and understand how and why people could be guided so willingly to commit the ultimate sacrifice. And luckily, I'm not alone on this journey, as you'll soon discover that also formed a key part of the Heaven's Gate Cult. I'm joined by my devilishly delightful co-hosts from Sitcan, Emma Bashforth. Hi. And Fresh Meat, Eddie O'Keefe. That's what I was called in my last cult. <laughs> fresh Meat. Just oh, Fresh God. Meat. So, Eddie, I want you to 
Ellie, I want you to imagine just for a minute that you haven't done this before and you weren't on a failed episode that won't get revisited until much later. Eddie, do you believe in the supernatural? Uh, not really. I always think there's either a logical explanation to a supernatural story or just an explanation of any kind that isn't, oh, it was a ghost, because it just doesn't, mm-hmm. like, connect with me at all. Particularly when it's things like, I heard a spooky noise in a spooky cave, and the cave is marketed as a spooky cave. And it's like, okay, maybe just your brain is subconsciously thinking, this is spooky, therefore I hear a spooky thing. And it has to be a ghost. It's like, no, it could just be a noise that's made but echoed in a cave. And, you know, yeah. I just, I, I, no, not, not a fan of Supernatural. The TV show or the concept. So, why are we talking about cults? Emmy? when can you remember the first time you ever heard about what a cult was? And can you remember which one it was? I don't know if there's a specific time. Mm-hmm. Just sort of a general thing that you know about isn't it growing up i've always thought they were really interesting mm-hmm. which one is it with the kool-aid is that heaven's gate or is that that was the jonestown massacre. that's probably like the main one that mm. i first heard of i think mm-hmm. eddie don't remember like any specific cults but when i first started getting into true crime when i was about eight which is far too young really <laughs> uh there was lots of like kids that kill and it's always it always like likened down to we thought this kid was part of a satanic cult and they never were. Or if they were, it wasn't really a cult. They just drew some drawings on the walls. Uh, and even now, I only found out recently, a satanic cult isn't really about worshipping Satan. It's a completely different thing anyway. But just cult has always been a word thrown around to be like, this kid is evil. But the first one I really remember, these people tricked these other group of people into believing a thing. And then one day, someone came in and saved them and they were like, oh... Well, it isn't as bad as I thought, which I don't remember exactly which one it was. There's quite a few like that. But that was the that was like the first time I remember hearing what a cult actually was, was one of those kind of stories. It's just uh, bizarre. Cults are so good. Would either of you say that you find the concept particularly frightening of a cult? Yeah, I think so. I think for people who are very, like, suggestible and easily swayed by things to kind of end up going to... A group that I mean I guess people trust them when they join them and think it's going to be this really good thing for them to just be completely brainwashed that's pretty scary mm. Eddie for me I always think I'd be too smart to join a cult because it's always based on like a someone telling you I'm a god or I'm this big figure and I just be like you're probably not are you don't be an idiot <laughs> but they must be so clever and manipulative in a way to get people to believe it mm. but then you, I've heard stories fairly recently on my favorite murder of people like joining cults and then people dropping off, be like, no, they're, they're going too far. I'm not, I'm not going to continue with this cult, and just kind of going away. And you never hear that side of a story, which I think is really interesting to know because it always seems like everyone joined a cult, everyone stayed until the very end. Hmm. It's not like, makes the people who do leave seem less stupid is the wrong word, but gullible. Yeah. Um, absolutely not the case with this cult in particular. And one more, just before we actually dive into it, what would it take? for either of you to actually join a cult? Like, can you think of a a situation, a thing that you could conceivably be offered that would sway you, even against your better judgment? Two pugs. (laughs) The two (laughs) pugs cult. Yeah. (laughs) No, I don't don't think anything, really. It's like, it sounds really hard. Unless in a really greedy sense, they were like, here's a trillion pounds. I'm like, Mm. okay, fuck it. What do you want? And then I just leave. Your first (laughs) ball. Like, I'll just fuck. 
or donate some sperm, you can take him. Yeah, I don't think anything really. I just like, I can't be bothered, one thing. And it's like, you have to devote your whole life to this thing. I'm just like, oh God, I've got like sick hand to do. I've got like food tomorrow. I can't <laughs> Oh Jesus Christ, a sick hand occult now. Oh well. Are we well, going to be really wanky well. at some point in the future and do a cult episode on our own other podcast? <laughs> I think I um, oh. agree with Eddie though, unless it was like loads and loads of money. I don't think there's really anything but then i think it depends on your mental state at the time because i think mm. there are probably previous times in my life where i haven't been in a good place where someone had come along and oh, i can't think of any specifics of what they could have offered but just offered like a, a place to go and what seems like a support system then mm. depending on what time in your life you're in that might seem more appealing so if lies review the sort of the spiritual mm. savior aspect which is what the majority of cults are founded on has any appeal no no any no, I think I think I'm so solidly an atheist, but not in a mm. not in a dicky way. Just I just don't believe in God, and unless he literally came before me, I'd be like, all right, fair enough. But I just, just <laughs> I don't believe in God at all. And, and I almost want though ju- for that actually to happen. God, we're, we're we're asking you now. Can you appear before Eddie? And I want to see if your <laughs> your genuine reaction would be, <laughs> all right. What's up with all yeah, that coronavirus, all right, cool. God? I'd just be like. Yeah, because it's always like, oh, I'm I'm the son of God, and I I can help you. Oh, what are you gonna do? Oh, you'll see. Oh, and then you just <laughs> never find out because they don't do anything. It's like, all right, been here for seven years now, God, stuck in your basement. What are you gonna do for me? <laughs> I'll just marry your sister. It's fine. It's like, fucking hell, all right, <laughs> Jesus, God. literally. But so as as I said, cults. It's a thing that genuinely it can strike fear for a lot of people, and we're just dealing with one. And just in the UK alone, over five hundred are currently registered as existing. We'll confront, first of all, the grim legacy of Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles, who were the founders of the Heaven's Gate cult. So we'll begin in 1974 with Marshall Applewhite, former soldier, son of a minister, from a nomadic but very loving family. The nomadic element of his life, they would literally, they would move all over the state of Texas, building and founding new churches. It's something that inspired him as a person, or sort of always moving, desperately needing to do something. And a key thing that his sister is quoted as saying, uh, he had endless charisma, he could convince people to do anything. And interestingly, he started out, you know, being incredibly religious, very devout, but time went on, he developed more of an interest in music. So he dropped out of ministerial school, studying music, he played the leads in several musicals. Okay. He discovered the Ministry of Sound. <laughs> oh dear. Because he was a phenomenal singer, <laughs> a baritone voice, I believed he had. People were just wowed by him constantly. Mm. He had a wife and two children, tried his hand at show business, breaking into Hollywood and Broadway, but just could never quite make it. Then eventually he became a, a lecturer at St. Thomas University in Texas, where interestingly, and this is where all these things start to unravel because he was apparently a very attractive man, very, as we've said before, charismatic, but he was fired for an alleged relationship with a male student. And obviously this is still Mm. from the time when- In Texas as well, like- Mm, But it was especially at a time when homosexuality was considered absolutely abhorrent in America. And also when, incidentally, all of the mass suicides, spoiler, that's how this all ends, came out, the New York Post even sort of blamed his sexuality on what happened, Mm. calling him the gay guru. Wow. 
Yeah, that's the sort of one. Alliteration is funny. Alliteration is funny. It completely destroyed his social standing, his marriage of about 16 years. He wasn't allowed to see his children. Shit. And he moved to another college, surprisingly, which was a Catholic one. And you would have thought, given the reputation and why he was fired, he wouldn't have been accepted. Uh, Whilst he was head of the theatrical department there, a young Patsy Swayze mother of Patrick Swayze said that he went from a normal, really charismatic guy to mumbling about UFOs and religion. It's debated that he could have at this point had a schizophrenic episode, Mm. which set all these things in motion. Once leaving university again, he founded a sandwich deli called The Sunshine Company. (laughs) He could have just had a sandwich company and... Yeah. And, and not had a cult. Mm. Might have been good. And they were apparently incredibly popular, very successful sandwich company. Oh, went wrong. <laughs> well, it's, it was it was his restlessness as a result mm. of coming from such a um, a nomadic family that just couldn't stop him from moving. Mm. But one of the key things is he checked himself into a psychiatric facility for trying to cure at the time because it was seen as a disease his homosexual urges. So that's important. We're going to leave Mr. Applewhite in the psychiatric ward, which wasn't us who did it. He went of his own volition. I'm going to leave him there for a minute and then we're just going to move on to the lovely Miss Nettles. But so far, does this sound like a man to either of you who could be responsible for convincing anybody to follow him and that he would be a leader. I don't know. He just seems very all over the place. And I don't think I personally would... Well, then, but then say he was charismatic and everything. But mm-hmm. just because he seems all over the place, I don't think I'd look at someone who just kept doing loads of different things and think, yes, I will follow you. But I don't know. Eddie, does he sound like a particularly strong leader, well, do you think? Well, the thing is, he's obviously very good at deceiving people and himself. Mm. Uh, obviously... Just to make a weird comparison, Jared from Subway did deceive everyone into thinking he wasn't a paedophile for so many years, and then it turns out he was a massive paedophile. So, you know, maybe it's a problem with sandwich shops. I I say if we're gonna if we're gonna go to the extreme, like a cult might do, just get rid of all sandwich shops, cut out all the paedophiles and all the cults. You know, sorted. I think that's, <laughs> the, that's the root of the problem there. Yeah. God. Yeah. I, I think from like listening to the description about him and his early life and it, everything, it, it was going to go one of two ways. It was going to go cult or it was going to go serial killer. True. I think we've lost the... Um, sandwich shop. Yeah, we've, we've lost the sponsorship deal with Subway, I think, now. Not that I wanted hey, it in the first place. Subway are disgusting. Well... <laughs> They're okay. I can see a Subway box across the kitchen from me now. I don't, I don't eat Subway and think, you know what, paedophiles. But <laughs> but let's move on, though, to Bonnie Nettles, who uh, was a woman. Definitely great name. Yeah, Bonnie Nettles. It sounds so wholesomely British. She sounds like she should be a good person. Yeah. Like a character. Or a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say a character on Midsummer Murders. <laughs> well, it's almost apt. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, I wonder if there should be a cult episode of Midsummer Murders. That'd be great. Mm. She was a woman who uh, had multiple seances, claimed that she'd lived many past lives, and that, I can't remember from what century, but a monk named Brother Francis 
regularly spoke to her. And Brother Francis, Brother I Francis. knew you'd come. <laughs> oh dear. I thought we were going to get through a whole podcast without oh, wrestling references. Sorry, you can cut that out. That <laughs> <laughs> he spoke to her and gave her advice. But she was still, she was married and with, I believe it, four children. And her husband didn't quite approve of all of these dabblings in the paranormal. It's believed, though, that she was a nurse... And this is where we link the two back together. There are many different Ah. stories about this. The one, if you look on the Wikipedia page, will tell you that the Apple White was visiting a friend in this hospital and that it wasn't even a psychiatric hospital. And that is where he bumped into her because she was a nurse. However, other stories would claim that it was when he was actually in the psychiatric hospital himself and she was helping to look after him and that's how they connected but officially from Applewhite's sister she said that he was in a regular hospital for heart block condition he survived and as a result Nettles told him that he'd been spared and because he was destined for a higher purpose and one thing that is linked to all of this is the fact that he did have that near-death experience as a result of it it can tend to make people have a higher sense of self-worth and confidence. I mean, it sounds like it was high enough. Or PTSD. Or PTSD. Well, yeah, absolutely. So they decided that they must have known each other in just one past life or or many other past lives. I'm already angry. (laughs) It's like, grow up, you big idiot. Didn't happen, did it? Bloody cold. Well, uh, she gave him an astrological reading that said that they were entwined. Fuck off. Yeah, we're still going on this. And that fortune tellers had foretold to her that they would meet. I mean, I'm not completely off board with this. Like, I I do think things about past lives and stuff and fortune tellers is quite interesting. And I think, see, this is where I would get drawn into a cult. Because if I had, like, like my tarot reading I had done and stuff like that, if stuff happens and I see the connection there and I think, well, that's like too good to be a convenience like a um convenience is not coincidence coincidence (laughs) thank you (laughs) that's too good to be a coincidence and i see all like things and kind of see my own proof that i'm probably making up in my head i think i would then start to believe things and Mm. get drawn in interesting my my favourite and probably the best example of debunking of astrology i've ever seen is on an episode of game grumps where Mm. they're talking about how crap it is and then Dan's like, oh, Aaron, watch the star sign. I'll read you what your thing is this week, this month. And he goes, oh, it's Capricorn or whatever it is. And Dan reads out this big paragraph. And Aaron, grow, Aaron goes, oh, it's really true. And Dan goes, yeah, I read out Aries. So, <laughs> yeah, it's all just like a little buzzword here and there. And pe- things that everyone will go, that's what I'm like. And it's like, I've just said you had hair. It's like, it's fine. <laughs> the thing that may derail some people's maybe nearsighted going, oh, there might be something in it it wasn't just sort of spirits that were leading them and bringing them together it was of course aliens and i tell you what isn't aliens oh, get scratching the carpet. he always does that when we record a podcast because he wants attention yeah of course he does. sorry aliens aliens yes aliens are going to play a very big part in proceedings <laughs> from Google, now on. we are not watching aliens <laughs> that's where You've lost me. Yeah. And I think this is See, just... I, I, I believe aliens exist, 
but never in the sense that they came here, did a thing, and left again. And it's all because of aliens. Like, no, that's that's stupid. Do you think that they're but just they happily living exist. on their we own I, planets? Yeah, they're just getting on with it. Like, there's no nothing to say they've got bigger technology than us because where's the proof? Like, I, that's one sci-fi trip I really hate. Well, it's interesting, but aliens are going to play a huge part in this, but maybe not in the context in which you think or what most people might traditionally associate with aliens. And But one thing I was saying is that this is a prime example of sort of two volatile, and it has to be said, mentally unwell people coming together well, me and Emmy. to create... Wow. <laughs> to create, Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> to create yeah. one dangerous cocktail of potential disaster at the time these things were fortune tellers a little bit like linking back to our first episode with spiritualism mm. at the time parapsychology was considered a hundred percent legitimate and the cutting edge of science in the future but it was only when a couple of other college mm. professors actually started to go into it a bit more a bit like you said eddie tying to your belief in the supernatural or lack of they said everything that could be proved with a simple natural explanation yeah so there you go yeah but yeah their relationship it bloomed and it was never sexual ever oh i was gonna say just to cut in i i like the idea that she cured his gayness but i guess not if it wasn't sexual (laughs) yeah the culture and the belief of the heaven's gate cult but what they would do is they would they obsessed over bibles they were particularly inspired by the the work or rather the suffering of francis of assisi who they would frequently they had no money because they didn't believe in it and they would be begging for food living in tents sleeping it rough so they were pretty committed they what despite everything that we're going to go into they were pretty committed to their beliefs mm. but also where these things start to blur about when they started trying to put together their own religion mr applewhite did have quite a lot of time to think about this for spending 6 months in prison in for uh, stealing a car he was quite inspired by the sci-fi writings of robert a hallen and arthur c clarke which were then sort of crossbred with christian beliefs and they slowly started to believe that their purpose on earth was to fulfill prophecies they wrote pamphlets saying that jesus had been reincarnated as a white texan who bore an extraordinarily similar appearance to apple white himself wow <laughs> i mean he, he, jesus can never reincarnate as like a f- big fat guy from york can he <laughs> <laughs> and the main thing that sort of put them on a separate path to everyone else was they believed that they were part of an evolutionary kingdom that was at a level above human and that they were also the two witnesses as described in the book of revelation which we could do an entire podcast on because it's fucking mental who were referred to as the two olive trees and two lampstands a genuine quote from the bible that's how the (laughs) <laughs> the witnesses were described. But imagine that these trees and lampstands had the power to destroy enemies, control the weather, and cause the plagues. And I always find it so weird that oh, for the most part Christians... I find for the most part that Christians do tend to sort of... They don't tend to mention all the mental stuff that happens in the New Testament <laughs> as much. And they say that all this will be the cause of the second coming. Wow. And that finally their great prophecy that they would die as in part of something called the demonstration that would see them being transported up to a spaceship and being taken to this new level of existence. And they were quite surprised when they were met with scorn and ridicule from 
all the churches that they tried to talk to about it. There's got to be like some level of narcissism here, right? Where you mm. think that you're a level above everyone else. Yeah, I just... I always find it weird where like one person starting a cult is weird enough because like they can always be like, oh, I'm just doing this to trick people. When you get someone else to believe you and go, oh yeah, this is totally true, I just I, I don't know how that process happens. Mm. As an additional part, because as I said, they didn't believe in money. They would sell their blood and they would work odd jobs, dash and dine, and then eventually they did get their first follower in 1974. A woman called Sharon Morgan, completely intelligent. Down to earth, grounded, real estate agent, mother of two children, but she joined them. Why? She found the what they were saying about becoming on a higher level of existence quite appealing. Hmm. But then, not too long afterwards, she was already starting to doubt them because they also would frequently use her credit card, considering two people who claimed that money wasn't <laughs> important. And she was taken back by her family, but she still felt guilty. And then that put them both right back to square one with no followers. That's always that's always the other thing with cults. It's always like, we can reach this higher plane of resistance and we can do this and that. Can you give me your money, please? Why? Uh, God likes money. It's just like, just <laughs> yeah. so dumb. There's always, so, yeah, they always need something, don't they? Like, not to take it too far away to a different cult, but the... Um, escaping nexium podcast and they said they needed like collateral and stuff so that people couldn't speak out against them and ask for all these weird pictures and stories and at what point at some point you'd be like mm, this is a bit much well I'm we like to see the weird words can i see your, i was like can i see your bank statement yes yeah. I'm, I'm an accountant i'm really angry right now like where's your money going mm. what are you doing with it yeah so dumb and as would happen many a time throughout their lives they started going by new names, first being Guinea and Pig, because they were part of... Oh, right as a friend! <laughs> they were part of God's experiment to bring them up to a higher level, and they also went by Bo and Peep, and then eventually... Well, I've heard of the... I, I, I've heard of the Bo and Peep leaders, and this might be one I've heard of briefly and just mm. hasn't connected with me, but I've definitely heard of them being called Bo and, and Peep. And then finally they settled on Doe and T. Oh, oh dear, a cult is here. A tea, they'll all mess with your head. That will bring us back to dough, oh dear. There, there was also uh, those two others called Gullible and Fucks. <laughs> but not to be despondent about the fact that they didn't have any followers, they contacted the extraterrestrials. Yes, really. And they recruited, using oh, adverts for Jesus. the crew, the crew that would build the spaceship. What, they recruited extraterrestrials? No, they looked for the crew that was the name for their followers. C- come on, Eddie. As Is Eddie, this... keep up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they claimed to be from the planet Next Level, looking for participants for this experiment. Those who would agree would join the higher evolutionary level and be saved. So the planet was called Next Level? Yes, the planet's called the Next Level. Say, so if it was a Sonic game, the planet would be called Act 2. Probably, yes. What? Emmy, do you want to go to my planet? It's called Over There. <laughs> That's probably a better Come name. On, <laughs> but they did start to amass a bit of a follow. We will. I'm going to give you some reasons why they did have an appeal in a second. The first time they sort of really made headlines was when they had met in a hotel in Oregon. The crew, there was about roughly 30 of them they suddenly disappeared. They became essentially sort of nomads once again. Intense, panhandling, stealing, 
and these people had just disappeared, it was met with complete scorn and derision and accusations of brainwashing, obviously, as you would expect mm-hmm. from a cult. But biz- <laughs> from a cult? <laughs> but bizarrely, yeah. one of the key things, and this is how... Because people will, naturally, they'll go, how on earth could people buy into any of this bullshit? Mm. Or how do people just get invested in cults in the first place? But Applewhite was a pro- proponent of a metaphor, the caterpillar metaphor. Okay, bear with me. Mm-hmm. Was he very hungry? Yes. Aww. Where he said that... People must go through a change in order to ascend. They couldn't just be a caterpillar all their life and then expect to be just a slightly better caterpillar later. See, I, I don't get this metaphor. I'm more familiar with you start off as a shoe and then you become a person. Is that part of another podcast, Eddie? <laughs> well, possibly. What's it called? Was this an... It's called oh, sitcom. It? Should people listen Usually to it? Sitcoms episode by episode. You should. You're on it. So is Emmy. It's a really good... <laughs> Was this in Oregon, you said? Yes, it was in Oregon. So I know, because there might be a similar cult in Oregon where they ate, they they only ate like berries and nuts and things. That's the Oregon Trail, obviously. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) Wow. I thought of that like two minutes ago and I was like, how do I I get to the joke? That joke made me die of dysentery. (laughs) There you go, two Oregon Trail jokes, one after the other. But going going back to the, the caterpillar metaphor I, I know it sounds crazy but the root of this appeal was founded in the ufo craze that was spurned as a result of the cold war paranoia the idea that something in the air was watching us at all times and this was really peak ufo sci-fi craze and the really th- the remarkable thing that a lot of people do tend to gloss over when it comes to the heaven's gate is that predominantly it was just founded on Christian mythology, but it was given an updated, modern, and scientific approach. Mm. I mean, this is tempered with, they Mm. claimed that Virgin Mary was impregnated on a spaceship, but one cult member was literally quoted as saying, that's more tangible than the idea of a virgin birth. Mm. (laughs) Well, some sharks give birth, virgin births. Are you saying that the Virgin Mary is a shark? (laughs) <laughs> Jesus yeah, she's Christ. a hammerhead. That's why her head is so fucking weird. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, like some an- some animals do have virgin births. I think some insects do as well. But I know sharks. Some sharks definitely do. Um, so I don't, I'm not saying it happened to the Virgin Mary. I, you know, I, that would have in that story it would have been you know God being like, all right, here's a baby. But you know, I just I it, the, the idea of them saying, oh, it has to be an alien. It's like, no, because it, it does happen in real life too. Here's an example. Here's a shark. And the shark's just like tipping his hat. Hello. But, but esen- essentially, it was Good. a bunch of eclectic beliefs, but in the framework of a biblical context. And a lot of people who were drawn to back. it, they simply thought that the old methods of Christianity were outdated and they liked this idea of a sort of a modern revamp of it, as it were. But then, so... That just then takes away, like, the idea of God and how God impregnated Mary. Or are they saying that the aliens are God? Yes. No, I don't like it. <laughs> and despite... No, also fucking sick of Hollywood of these bloody reboots, am I right, lads? <laughs> Honestly. Well, despite the awful logo that looked like it was knocked up on Photoshop, one thing that surprises people as well was they were actually very particular about the people who they took on. I just need to uh, Google the logo. Hold on. Sure. Because they whittled down their surprisingly large numbers down to 70 of the crew who they truly believed were worthy 
How, how, what do you think of the logo? Fucking hell. <laughs> Have you seen this logo, Eddie? When you... I haven't seen it, no. Oh, that's, that's like a shit wrestling it logo, really isn't does. it? It does. Of like... Oh, I don't know. Oh, Wally, when you say you didn't think they were worthy, is that... Is it them being selective and being like, okay, you're the most gullible or you're not giving us any more money or we're going to get rid of you? Well, actually, they, they'd had to give up all their worthy possessions, everything, so they didn't have any money. It was more if they didn't have the devotion or if they strayed away from the sort of the law that they were enforcing upon them. And they would also tell you that they weren't enforcing anything on anybody, and we'll get to that in a second. Mm. It was completely everything stripped back and complete focus and devotion. However, as a key thing of what they would do was there were about 70 left and they would all divide it up into different groups known as star clusters. Yet the the sci-fi continues. They're basically just a bunch of nerds. It's... More of that is well. More of that is going to come into D&D it. D and D got out of hand. <laughs> but these star clusters—they were all divided, and that was mainly done to prevent uprisings, because they were both so insecure of their positions of power that they were trying to perpetuate the myth that they were the only truth. As it currently stood, they were the only two aliens who were inhabiting the bodies of Doe and T. And everyone had to follow them, and nothing could be questioned. This is mental. It's like this is more confusing than Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) But we are going to get now into sort of the more the beliefs of the Heaven's Gate cult. First of all, you needed to be eighteen to get in. It wasn't like things like the Jonestown massacre, where whole families were involved because one person just decided to uproot them and take them away. Um, this was com- well, that's yeah, it, good. Ha- it had to, it, genuinely it had to be a completely voluntary of your own free will you need to walk into this thing which is why yeah, we don't want to be weird or mean well, do we? <laughs> but, but, the, but the thing is that that's what people are going to be quite surprised by I think when they hear that this episode is about a cult they are going to come into it with all these preconceptions about what a cult is that we mm. define from our modern ideas influenced by films and other genuine cult cases that have happened but bizarrely everyone who met members of the cult like if they were once very rarely allowed to go back and visit families they said they never seemed to be brainwashed they were perfectly eloquent and apart from sort of how they behaved when they were actually in the cult nothing seemed that out of the ordinary they didn't think they seemed brainwashed when they came home and they were like yeah i'm part of this really cool group where there's aliens well shall i do you want do you want their (laughs) official explanation that they would give yeah go on they were learning about computers in a monastery. So they lied? Yeah. But also they tried to recruit as well. How weird. Yeah. And, and as I and <sighs> I just said, essentially they all viewed themselves as vessels for extra, extraterrestrial spirits. And both Doe and T would invite them to have walk-ins, which was essentially imagining a completely clean slate, which is arguably the basis of baptism or born-again Christians, mm-hmm. where they could erase their past selves. And this is also linked to a belief called Nestor- sorry, Nestoranism, which said that Jesus the person and Jesus the spirit were separable. That Jesus was a spirit that inhabited just an ordinary man who then was able to ascend and become this higher being that they believed that they were. Well, that bit makes more sense to me than aliens. Yeah. But it's still founded in alien. Yeah, but there's, there's the Holy Spirit, isn't yes. there? Yes. It's the Father, Son, and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. 
doesn't have to be aliens. No, but, but that is where the alien they're, get, they're getting their sort of reference point from. That well, Jesus was also a spirit, so the these aliens are a spirit as well. Yeah, but they're just jumping to the conclusion. They might say, "Oh, giraffe are a spirit." No, there's no there's no fucking logic of leap there. They just put oh, aliens. Why? Oh, we can't see them. So, oh, that's, that makes but sense. But also then. to link it to another religion, though. God, where are we in 2020 that I'm playing devil's advocate for the Heaven's Gate cult? <laughs> it's also you could also argue that there's a link to Buddhism because the Buddha, when he initially went out to discover himself, he achieved a level of ascension and became someone different. Yeah, but again, that's not aliens, is it? <laughs> could be. Like what? What they're doing is saying, okay, there's no proof aliens do or don't exist. Therefore, we can say it's aliens, and no one can dispute that fact because we can just go, oh, but it could be aliens, couldn't it? Mm. As opposed to being like, oh, it's cows. It's not cows. Cows are eating grass over there and getting milked and dying. And they're just lying down when it rains. So that's my, that's my you know, you say, oh, it's aliens. You can't be like, it can't be aliens. Why can't it be aliens? You no, know what damn like. you and the cow defense, you know what like? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm moving yeah. on. Oh. Don't milk it. <laughs> but one thing that, just one thing that arguably it. could be seen as a way of linking this cult to pretty much, pretty much all others is... People's need for a community, but without the shackles to a religion, you know, they would eventually end up following strict practices. Mm. But when they first joined, they didn't really see it that way. And another thing was they saw it in terms of ascending and becoming something different other than themselves. It was a way of overcoming the human condition. Mm. But the really surprising thing for me, I think, is that the cults, it was people of all ethnicities, all walks of life, the incredibly rich and the incredibly poor, and from ages from 19 all the way up to 72. And they weren't social outcasts. Not all of them, either. Most of them had... Some were aliens. Well, no, but most of them had, most of them had families uh, and prosperous careers. So the, the, you say that they're all idiots, but... They were still I mean, they drawn in. They were drawn into it. Yeah, because they're idiots. <laughs> but one thing someone can also argue, going back way to the beginning, Eddie, with your point about people sort of, if they go to a place that they think is going to be spooky, therefore they are going to see something spooky. Hmm. That going there, they're sort of in a way they're there to believe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're just they're so gullible and already drawn in, and it's what they need. Oh, I just. It, makes me so angry it's just like just fucking uh, like open your eyes like come on it just it seems so obvious after the fact and it's just like how are you so dumb to join a cult yeah but in so the things that the or the rules rather that they had to follow there was absolute for a time no contact with the outside world whatsoever Again, this was all just part of Applewhite's paranoia. So wait, then how did they have like did they have to leave their families and their jobs that you were just on about? Yeah, completely. For, for what? For complete, utter focus and devotion to building the spaceship. See, that, that's stupid. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You're like, right. That makes you an idiot. But it, it makes them completely focused and devoted. That was the argument. I mean, that's true. To a made-up story about aliens. But really stupidly, <laughs> like, yeah. But to ultimately <laughs> achieve Fucking... the ultimate sort of salvation of being taken up into space. Oh, get out. It's good join NASA, though. <laughs> But then are they just happy to be taken up into space and leave their families behind? Yeah. It's selfish. I'm not denying really? that for a minute. Stupid of half. Yeah. <laughs> seems so So dumb. no contact. They would play... They would have rituals, which were discuss- master's games, 
one of them called Atone, where they would, and, you know, Eddie, this is almost a pun worthy of yours, where they would atone, <laughs> but they would have to do it constantly in time with a tuning fork, which probably mm. slowly drove them mad. And also at times they would have to wear racehorse blinders. So they could only be focused on the very thing that they were doing. They also had to watch the film Atonement a lot oh, as well. No thanks. Well, but speaking of things that they had to watch, Star Trek. I told you they were oh. a bunch of nerds. And Applewhite would Literally. frequently <laughs> say that Star Trek was the method by which the aliens were communicating to him through the show. Jesus Christ. He just loved Star Trek and wanted to have some friends. Yeah, this is where Trekkies were born. That's all it was. <laughs> Emmy um, unravels the whole cult. <laughs> like fucking nerds. They're like, I'm not a nerd. I'm a doctor. Like, you're fucking. Part nerd, of man. his really nefarious way of keeping people in line, though, was he would never directly tell them no, or you can't do that, which is a really insidious way of manipulating people. He would give them what's referred to as sort of the illusion of choice, where he would say. Well, you could go and smoke some pot, or you could come and achieve eternal enlightenment. So it was clear which one he preferred Mm. and what he wanted them to do, but the way he would phrase it with his apparently almost never-blinking direct gaze, it would convince people. It's just very manipulative. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think... It's probably gaslighting. Yeah. But... But one thing that really separates this cult from the vast majority of others, absolutely no sex. Oh. None. Well, they are Star Trek fans. So. Eddie. <laughs> what they would have instead was they would have, they would still be paired up as a man and a woman, but that is also going to be put on ice in a minute. And they would be there to check in on each other. If one of them felt sexual urges, for example, they would have to report it. And then what? then they would obviously have to atone for it. Oh, so I'd got a boner in the shower. Oh, fuck you, get a dick off. What would you do, And my next point... Call your mate in the next... Oh, come on! (laughs) And my next point is some of them... Send a dick pic. Some of them, including (laughs) Applewhite himself, were so devoted to the idea of trying to be pure and no sex that they underwent medical castration. (sighs) And you said they were smart. But... An area, in which, whole an area in which you could almost argue they were being quite progressive. Yes, wait, I'm going to explain myself. They deliberately wore uniforms that hid their gender. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like cones of shame on their genitals. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess they didn't have penises anymore. So well, 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 medical castration is just snipping on the inside. Just, oh, just I thought it was the whole thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing they didn't see oh. it as important because they were really just vessels for spirits anyway so they said gender didn't matter and you look at all the other sort of established religions the majority of which say yes women should be subservient to men and what have you you know what you've convinced but... me I think they're great humans <laughs> well they weren't humans they were vessels <laughs> yeah. oh, my bad my bad oh god Ellie <laughs> god get outside mm. just, yes I don't know it just seems stupid as fuck. But to go back to a point I made a little bit earlier, why aliens might not be in the context that people are expecting, this was just one of many UFO religious groups where the existence of an extraterrestrial beings were on our behalf, our benefit. They had humanity's best interests and they wanted them to eventually become of this extraterrestrial civilization. And they were seen as what Christians or 
others would associate as being angels. Isn't it weird how aliens weren't really a thing until films came out? (laughs) And this is also, it's a lot of these people will go, oh, it's a cult, they're all idiots. But some people are probably sitting here right now going, this sounds awfully familiar to Scientology. And you'd be absolutely Mm. right. And Star Trek, weirdly. But people still saw this as... Comic Con's going to be weird next year. (laughs) People saw this as the transformation of society. But a key thing, two things that occurred that are going to steer Heaven's Gate down the very dark path. First of all, quite unexpectedly, the comet Hale-Bopp, mm-hmm. which was an actual comet, and they believed that a spaceship was behind it. Of course they did. Hale-Bopp. Do what? Do do Is that what it was no, called? It was just Hail Bop. Oh, I thought it Hail and Bop, and I was like, bloody no. hell, Hanson have reached for, haven't they? But Well, maybe Hanson really were just trying to <laughs> make people join the cult. Oh, gosh. Um, although, some inter- <laughs> very quickly, some interesting things about Hail Bop was. Sorry, um, I thought you were going to say some interesting things about Hanson. They really had one good song and then fucked off. <laughs> um, it, the, it set the record for the comment that could be seen the longest by the naked eye by 18 mm. months. And, but the theory of the spaceship wasn't them who made it up. There was an amateur astronomer, no correlation to Heaven's Gate whatsoever. He saw a, a Saturn-like object following right behind the comet. Mm-hmm. He called a local radio station <laughs> and he said, I've seen a UFO. And a woman from the Emory University of Political Science professor, uh, Courtney Brown, her name was, she was also partly an astronomer and she concluded yes it was and an awful lot of people believed it they just stole the idea well no they they cottoned on to the fact that that was where the spaceship was maybe it was just saturn (laughs) but a key thing did happen next was that in 1995 bonnie died or rather t passed away she had uh, cancer of the eye which then spread to the rest of her body Doe was devastated, and again, I'm not defending this man for one minute, but you think of everything that he has been through. Mm. Awful lot of people dying, losing his reputation, etc., etc. And Did someone try, because Nettles died, did someone just try rubbing a dock leaf on her? God, Eddie. I have no regrets about voicing on this podcast, though. Um, but it sent him yet again give it, give it time it, it sent him yet again into a spiral he had to amend the belief system because he, he and T had told everybody that they would be physically ascending up to a spaceship when they died mm. and obviously she didn't her corporeal body was on earth and oh, so we shit. had to how do you talk your way out of that well, one well people believed it because he said actually it was um a spiritual one rather than a physical one and they bought it a lot of people did leave however but people bought <laughs> it surprised. but this was imagine leaving and then being like oh guys for fuck's sake what, what we're going to do we haven't got any stuff left any money what how are you going to go out with your families being like guys i'm sorry well it's interesting that you mentioned that but this could arguably be seen as the fact that he then started to say that it had to be the, the physical body that needed to die in order to ascend oh, that could almost be seen as the the start of the road towards the mass suicide. Interestingly, though, just another point to point out, there was never any pressure tactics. Instead, arguably, someone could say it was worse because what he and T had tried to do was just install the idea of a full-on dependence on the both of them, Mm. that none of these people, their followers, the crew, could possibly exist 
without them, without their guidance and telling them what to do. Can you imagine just talking all this shit and making it up and then, like, even when she died, him having to be like, oh, oh, well, actually, I made this and just literally bullshitting your way through it and everyone believing you. That's crazy. I would argue there's still a few things in most mainstream cults that people have desperately tried to explain away now. And Well, no, no, I'm not saying there's not, but just imagine being that type of person where you're like, mm. yeah, I'm just going to bullshit and... Oh, it'll be fine. They'll all believe me. Yeah, and like getting away with it, like, shit, I don't think they should yeah. believe me. Fuck, all right. That's insane. People are just so yeah. weird. Like, But it is, I was just... Can't even... I was just going to say, it is debatable, though, how much do these people genuinely believe in what they're preaching? Because mm. it could be... Well, but the thing was, they didn't really get any financial gain from this. Yes, eventually, someone in a will did give them a huge amount of money, so they were able to get computers and the mansion that they bought which was the scene of the suicide and they called it the monastery there was money was not the goal Mm -hmm. and what they were offering was people they were offering to help people they weren't forcing anybody again this is they were gaslighting them for mm, doing their bidding to help yeah but but this is arguably where this cult does differentiate from an awful lot of the more infamous ones that people have heard about we just like i don't know but I have no doubt in my mind that maybe Marshall, who I just Googled, looks a bit like uh, Chevy Chase and Patrick Stewart had a baby. <laughs> he really um, does. He does look quite comedic, <laughs> doesn't he? It's, it does, yeah. It's, it's like it's all a big joke and it's gone too far. And he's like, oh, fuck, I, everyone just killed themselves. Like, I have no doubt that he probably thinks part of it is real because he's just clearly not as mentally stable as he once was. But, like, just, like, someone needs to sit him down, like, right, let's have a chat, Marshall. Just, like, get it all out and stop being a dick, basically. I just... Yeah, I agree he probably thought a lot of it was real. Because I think there's a point where you start saying all that bullshit and then you say it so much that you just believe it and just spirals out of control. Yeah. Mm. To use a wrestling analogy, the best heels are the ones who believe what they're doing is right. So, we're drawing towards a close now. A year before the suicides in October 1996, they began renting a large home which they called the Monastery. It was a 9,200 square foot mansion in Rancho Rancho Santa Fe, California. They paid $7,000 a month in cash. It out. for it wait who paid for it like all of them together or from the huge uh, sum that they were given from the will uh, of a yes. former member okay and in the same month the group purchased wait for this alien abduction insurance which i promise you is a real thing in america oh i know i know that's a thing i've heard that somewhere else before and you know fine <laughs> like go on then not heard that before and I'm... <laughs> well let me regale you with it oh, thanks. <laughs> then it would cover up to 50 members and it would pay out 1 million per person covering abduction impregnation or death but how can you prove you haven't been abducted that's very true it's the risk of these yeah, injuries just be like, I got abducted. yeah just be like I got abducted can you prove it no, but can you not? Can you prove I wasn't? And adi- additionally, though, at this point, this was the '90s. It was the birth of the internet, and the Heaven's Gate cult were one of the the more tech savvy members of the group. You can tell from their logo. Yes. <laughs> yes, and the fact that their website is still yes, live. Yes, it is. Oh, what? I'm All right, thanks, look. Eddie. I was getting to that yeah. at the end, but never mind. So I'm on it right now. Sorry. Proper good, good, good Comic Sans fucking oh, writing on man. it as well. It All these colours. Can you still join? <laughs> 
Emmy, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they had all these access to computers now, and that was how they were beginning to recruit more people. Again, it was playing on the whole, because sci-fi didn't go out of fashion. And you got to remember, this is a journey that spanned all the way from the 1970s up to 1997, oh, and yet they God. still kept people believing. Wow. And loads left. However, loads came back when they started filming, basically, the videos of Applewhite delivering his doctrine about what Heaven's Gate believed, and that saw more people join. People still left, and as we'll establish in a minute, there were only 39 left. Oh, that's not many. It was still enough. Mm. And I think if you want to really terrify yourself a little bit, what I would suggest you do is you YouTube their exit videos, and oh. what these... Yeah, what these were was essentially where they would... It was a, a final message to their families. And the terrifying thing is you listen to them and you watch the footage. They are happy. They are confident. They know people aren't going to believe that and they're going to say that they're all mental. But they're saying, yeah, that's fine. But we're going to... But they a, believe it. Yeah, we're going to a better place. And they're hoping that these final messages are going to reel people in and say, look, we're trying to save you. We're trying to help you get to another planet and be happy. Wow. Do you... Can you still see the videos online? Like yes. the ones that were not preachy ones, the ones that were like, join our cult. Yes. And cool. if you want an even... Well, watching those later. <laughs> well, I'll get to it in a second, but just before the mass suicide happened, the website said... Hailbot brings closure to Heaven's Gate. Our 22 years of classroom, because they were called the class, on planet Earth is finally coming to conclusion. Graduation from the human evolutionary level. We are happily prepared to leave this world and go with T, remember, Nettle's name, crew. Well, so, what, it's 22 years, and did they start from the very beginning saying, yeah, we're all going to, like, die and go up? You, people yes. really waited for 22 years and weren't like... Come yes. on. Yeah, yes. I could have got a subway in this time. Yeah. <laughs> so it got to March 26, 1997. An anonymous tip from a former member alerted the police and they found 39 members in the house in Rancho Santa Fe as part of the mass ritual suicide to reach the spacecraft Comet's Hailbop. I hope they made it. So to go into it in a little bit more detail, they all took phenobarbital which is a anti, or is a drug which is used to try and help with uh, epilepsy, which was mixed with applesauce or pudding and washed down with vodka. Party. Mm, that wasn't it though. Additionally, they secured plastic bags around their heads to, after ingesting the mix, to induce asphyxiation. And then it gets even creepier. They had to, another person then had to organize their body into a certain position on a bunk bed and then put a purple cloth over their face for privacy. If you want a real scare, you can see these photos online, guys, of the bodies. Well, what did the last person do? Who, who positioned their body? We'll get to that. Oh, okay. Misinfection. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were just like, they were like, oh, for, come on, guys. <laughs> there was like, no just, one left. Too late, they realised, like, oh, for God's sake. And I will detail the uniform they wore, black shirts and sweatpants, you know, living the lockdown life. They wore armbands 
that said Heaven's Gate away team. They would also oh, carry Jesus. a, fu- and this was a thing that they had to do just in real life. They would carry a $5 bill and three quarters. That was in case they were stranded and needed transportation or they needed to use the phone box. Oh, I'm just looking at the purple mm. cloth. Mm. Wow. Yes, yeah, it's nice. It's Undertaker But most eyes. infamously, as Eddie has already mentioned, the Nike trainers, Ooh. the Nike, Nike Decades, they're called. Their limited availability and sudden unceremonious discontinuation cited by the reason why they still command such high resale value. And one dickhead who clearly thought he was funny reportedly was trying to sell them for $6,660. Yeah. I mean, I can can definitely see why they're rare. Because, like, some people love shoes and they collect them, which is, like, I can understand. And imagine getting a pair of one of these shoes and being like, oh, this is, like, the cult shoe. It must be really cool. But... Do you want to know why specifically they got these trainers and why people have probably been waiting all this time to try and understand the title of this episode? That's because Michael Jordan was wearing them and just going to face jam. Yes. No, the real reason... <laughs> I really hope it's true. Oh, because space jam. Space. Get it? See? Stop. Aliens. <laughs> He's got it. He's got it figured out. You don't need to answer the question anymore. The Carry real. On, it's fine. The real reason was simply because they got a good deal on mass buying. You've got to think how... I mean, I prefer the Space Jam theory. (laughs) But on a serious note, you have to consider just like how... Well, they were detached from humanity because they thought they were aliens. Do you have to be to genuinely think that, yeah, that justifies it? Got a good deal? I mean, there's not much I wouldn't do for a good deal. Commit mass suicide for (laughs) pair of trainers you're only going to wear once. What's not a good deal, though, is is it? Because you're dead. You're not going to wear them out, at least, though. I suppose mm. that's, a, that's a plus, isn't it? They'll stay very clean. Mm. So the way it worked was it occurred in groups of... Because you guys were worried about the logistics. It occurred in groups of 15, 15 and 9. Approximately between March the 22nd and 26th. Among the Sorry, dead... my birthday? Yes. <laughs> oh, Happy anniversary! Beautiful. Among the dead, and this again brings us back to Star Trek, was Thomas Nichols, the brother of actress... Um, Michelle Nichols, who was uh, sorry, Michelle Nichols, who was best known as Uhura from the original Star Trek series. Was she like the, like, did they worship her? <laughs> Possibly. Applewhite was the third last member to die. Two people remained after him and were the only ones who were found without bags over their heads or purple cloths because they were the very last oh. people to do it. How were they found? Were they like sit? Did they just sit down against the wall and think? They were just lying down, dead basically and interestingly all of these packages for the the essential ascension kit mm-hmm. were sent out to all former people who were members of the cult including to a media outlet specifically the bbc specifically the bbc <laughs> department responsible for louis through's weird weekends who they louis through had tried to go and interview but they declined so the oh, after wait hold on did i get that right they sent like a package with the Uniform and stuff. Yeah, the unicorn. So the unicorn. I wish the the uniform, the shoes, everything. Wow. Including the drugs, probably. Wow. Yeah. So the aftermath. In 2018, there was a rapper called Lil Uzi Vert, who had promotional art from his upcoming studio album called Eternal A Take, which incorporated a we a reworking of the Heaven's Gate keyhole logo, and the two survivors they threatened. They threatened him, and then he used a picture of Marshall Applewhite as his Instagram avatar. They were threatening him with copyright infringement. 
Well, he seems nice. <laughs> and as just stated, and Eddie mentioned earlier, the website is still active to this day, run by two members who opted out of the suicide. And what they do is they provide a comprehensive history and in lots of detail about the practices and beliefs of the cult. And I believe they still answer questions to this day. They can't come up with a better website than this in 2020. <laughs> I like that they're keeping it authentically shit. Well, that's a good point, actually. But also, like, come on, lads, have two websites. <laughs> like, yeah. Have you have your like your link? Not li- is LinkedIn. Linktree. Is it, no, the uh... LinkedIn. <sighs> Carry on. It's okay, I think the Heaven's Gate cult has just caused Eddie to malfunction. Um, but speaking Sorry. of big questions, the final because with every episode, I want people to sort of have a bit of a debate, things to take away from the episode that maybe after listening to it, you discuss with others. Are people? still responsible for their own actions if they're in a cult yeah because i mean half the people left Mm -hmm. so they had the choice to leave so anyone who didn't they're still responsible for their own actions Mm -hmm. eddie what do you think yeah i agree with emmy it's not if you're stupid enough to get involved just be smart enough to like wake up at some point but hang on this is this is dumb there's got to be a point where it's like we're going to kill ourselves to, to live in space it's like just, I don't know. It just seems so stupid. I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend. But, but they were, they were appealing to a group of people who maybe felt ostracised, maybe a bit like Applewhite and Nettles themselves. Maybe they weren't mentally in the best place. Join a book club then. I mean, I get that, but this just seems very far fetched compared to other things we've heard about, like Nexium. You know, they were being manipulated and controlled by having to give this collateral and stuff like that. Whereas you said in this that there was never any, like, they were never forced or anything like that. But they were guided towards suicide. Yeah, so join a join a book club, join a church, join anything that's nice and not going to end up with you giving all your stuff away and killing But they're pro- they are promising eternal life in the next realm. How do we know they're wrong? Well, like- well how, did we, how did they prove that that was going to happen? How do we know they're right? How do we know that if we die, we go to the pearly gates and see St. Peter? But, so tell well, I don't me think we do, but how, beside the point. If you were, if you were what's his face? <laughs> I'm glad I'm not, but yes, Apple if I White, was Doe. Applewhite, yeah. Doe, sorry. <laughs> and you were trying to convince me that I was going to go to a higher life. Mm. How would you prove that? What proof did they have? I think without the proof, mm. like there's not a whole lot. Of yeah, for apart, apart to be from like, Star Trek. Yeah, they had the physical thing of the of the comet though. Yeah, but that's just a comet. I see comets not all the time, but <laughs> you see them, don't you? It's just like all right. I've seen Haley's comet. Doesn't mean I'm going to live on it. <laughs> I'm not fucking. It's such a stupid illogical leap to jump to. Oh, it's aliens. So, oh, why? Oh, you know. It's so dumb. I hate it. It makes it's me so really angry. It's really dumb. Like, I, I want to learn about more cults now to see, because I feel like every other cult has to be less dumb than this cult. Wow. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because there's always someone who's like, actually, I'm Jesus. And they're like, oh, fair enough. Like, oh, he's going to believe it, are you? You'd be fucking I mean, idiot. There's, I feel like... So, no, all right then, but why do you put that on a more credible plane than aliens? Because religion is a thing, and a lot of people don't. really, really believe in religion strongly. Yeah. And it's like, but fucking aliens. Eddie's, Eddie said he believes in aliens. I believe, yeah, but not in the sense that they're coming to save us. I just believe they exist. Well, what else are they going to do? I think it's wrong to assume that well, they just live on their own planet. Get on with it like we're doing. We're just carrying on. What if we're the aliens? They're not coming down here, are they? I just feel like these are the same kind of people that think 5G is, <laughs> you know, 
causing coronavirus. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, but there you go. Those are all the kind of people that would join this cult, and that's how mm. it happened, isn't it? Yeah. There True. you go. Yeah. Well, on Twitter then, on the at ATAD, uh, the hashtag can be either shoes on, if you think they are responsible for these actions, <laughs> or hashtag shoes off. Maybe you believe that it's not really their fault and they were misled by a false prophet. Personally, you know, I was just merely doing it to provide debate. I obviously do not believe in anything that they were practicing. I th- also think that it's still dangerous that Scientology is registered as an official religion. Mm. It's the hip thing with celebrities and they have almost an identical belief system written by a science fiction writer. Why I find scary about Scientology especially is people have stopped talking about it yeah. as if it's no longer a problem. And it's like, no, it's still there. At least they're not saying go kill yourselves, I hope. Who knows? Well, ultimately then, yeah. I think we've all decided that we would not join. I think every every cult episode, I hope we would have the same answer, but probably we'll go finish with that. In conclusion, we decided that we wouldn't join this particular cult. Definitely, yeah. I think... Just going to change my answer. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to do more just to see obviously I think we can all agree what they've offered here isn't really plausible Uh, but there might be more where something is more plausible that we might take a a second think about and just okay "Mm." yeah well there are many many cults to get through so I'm sure I will have you both back for those so anyway thank you both very much for being my special guests on episode two no problem I feel like I learnt a lot I feel angry. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Well, and thank you very much, dear listener, for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, Facebook, All Things Dark and Distasteful, or on Twitter, at ATAD, or capital letters. Another big thank you to TurboSol for providing Abyss, the soundtrack. And thanks to Katrina Hawayaway for our incredible front cover. And we've got the star of that front cover himself, Pumpkin, right here. Do you want to say something? He's just joined us at the table. Hello, Pumpkin. Anything? Anything to say? Well, thank you very much. Take care and unleash the fucking bats.